Welcome to Bloody Good Horror. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Catherine Bigelow's Near Dark for Women in Horror Month. Joining me tonight, first up from Chicago, Illinois, by way of New York or New Jersey, Philadelphia. Please welcome Joe to the show. I'm excited that this might be our last show. The good energy. <laughs> Next up on the show, joining us after a little bit of a hiatus, she's back. Please welcome Sophie to the show. You're muted. Mm. <laughs> Still on hiatus. Yeah. So out of practice. It's good to be back. <laughs> welcome back to the show. Next up from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. And finally tonight from Maryland, somewhere in Maryland, that state. Please welcome John Schnarch to the show. Hello, Eric. How's it going? Tonight, good, to, good to be here. Good <laughs> to see you, as always. It's good to see you, too. I feel like I'm getting a high-def version of Sophie for the first time. Yeah. Oh, it's this like is... full on. I explained this to Eric. So my job pays for my phone. So I decided to just tether my phone to my iPad. But since I work for the government, we recently got first responder level of uh, data access. So I think my internet's very, very fast on my phone now. No, I'm dead serious. It's like you're getting like very solid. You heard it here first, John. Bloody good horror. First responders. How's that feel? Uh, I wouldn't say everybody. (laughs) I'm not even a first responder. By proxy. What of like tier are you then for the vaccination, Sophie? Like, are you? Oh, I mean, Joe, I still live in Missouri. I'm never going to get the vaccine. <laughs> but if you lived in a state that believed in the... <laughs> truly, even if I lived on the other side of the state, like everyone in the federal defender's office in St. Louis already got vaccinated. Like their court clerk put something in, and their whole office got vaccinated. And the court clerks in Kansas City is like, y'all can just fuck off and enter the lottery like everybody else. Yikes. Cool. So, oh, super fun. So, yeah, things are, <laughs> things are still going great, guys. That's why we're here tonight uh, to talk about Near Dark. Should be fun. I had never uh, seen this fine motion picture before tonight. Joe. Yeah. Why don't you tell us what we are drinking tonight? Beer guts. Ah, near dark. A, uh, a heartwarming tale about a group of emos that meet <laughs> another emo and welcome him into their emo coven and then do emo stuff. Uh, and in honor of their emo ways, I, I picked a beer from Larret Lodge Brewing Company, which I, I think is the first time I've picked a beer from them. Uh, they're out somewhere in Colorado, uh, Evergreen. The name of the beer I picked from them is their Hazy Boy Laid Back IPA. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, just a happy-go-lucky cowboy looking for love in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
This, as you might expect, is an IPA of the hazy persuasions. Uh, a lot Joe, of Joe, you know where so. he was looking for love? The gnat. He's looking in the gnat. I mean, we'll get into it, but <laughs> anyone that lets you lick their ice cream cone on like the first meetup, like, you know, nothing good. Oh, I don't think that's ever. Especially I don't, during COVID. I don't think that's ever. Yeah. Okay. Let me just state that for the record for anybody who Not might be listening. Thing. Like dairy, sharing dairy products in general is just, it's, no. anyway. Joe, I don't know. My mom said it was nice cone. to share. Yeah, like, uh, you know, it's, it's like making a mess. What are you going to do? I not eat it. Just get uh, a nap. No, no. no. <sighs> yeah, yeah, Throw yeah. it out. All right. Yeah, you've got diseases, John. Hazy <laughs> uh, <laughs> IPA, ton of hops in this. Very smooth and drinkable, though. Creamy, you might even say. A lot of citrus, a lot of sort of lemony flavors. Comes in at 5.9% alcohol, so not super high. You know, you can drown your miseries in it if you want to have seven or eight, but... uh. You know, you, you can still run to the store and pick up more. Um, Evergreen, I, I just had their beers for the first time uh, over the summer, so I don't have a ton of experience with them. But from their website, they look like great people. They got a brew pub if you're you're looking for dinner. Uh, LaureateLodgeBrewing.com is their website, and uh, you know, if you're just looking to take a trip, like why why not give them a go? I think they're doing curbside pickup. You just want to eat in your car. Or... That's great. That's the trip. You, you drive to the lodge. Park I mean, outside. <laughs> what do you have to do, John? Have you? We have definitely like driven to restaurants and just eaten in the parking lot just for something to do. <laughs> I would do that now, but I have not eaten yeah. in a parking lot. Is that what you said? Well, yeah, we've got a minivan, wow. so like we'll wow. like when it was warmer, we would bring like lawn chairs. Shit, it's like a house like, on wheels. Back, yeah. the kids uh, the back, and we'd bring you know sit outside. Wow. What else are we gonna do? You know. I guess I'm down. that works, man. You got to fill up time. It's burning time, man. <laughs> yeah. All well, right. Just, you know, email me. I'll, I'll tell you what we're doing. Thank you for that, Joe. <laughs> All right, guys, it is time. Let's take a quick break so that we can discuss Near Dark. This is it, Jennifer. Your big break in TV. Fuck <laughs> the front time. You know, John, the more I say, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Yeah, uh, near far. You're familiar with this? Like the, no. the Grover thing? Near. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. I was like, what are you talking yeah. about? The, the two words? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. No, I do I do know the Grover thing. Yeah. So. It's classic. Oh, yeah. Monster at the end of this book, you know. Yeah, yeah, we've got that one. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, you know what's in those books, John? I'm told. Monsters. No, well, not <laughs> you're, actually. You're Twist. You're, you're now yeah. you're spoiling them. Words, John. Words are in the mm-hmm. end of those books. Uh, and also, in your brain. So please bring us the word of the day. Eric, today's word, desquamation. Oh. That's D-E-S-Q-U-A-M-A-T-I-O-N. Uh, I'm reading from the Wikipedia because I feel like it's a little better than the, the dictionary. It's like a one-line thing. Uh, desquamation, commonly called skin peeling, oh. is the shedding of the outermost membrane or layer of a tissue such as the skin. Uh, the term is from the Latin desquamare, to scrape the scales off a of fish. Oh. Ugh. Freaking gross, dude. <laughs> 
uh, but apt for this movie. Mm, yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah, so. Exclamation. You know, impress your friends. It's a good word. I'd never heard it. I full trans, you know, full transparency. I, this is a word I found today. So, so uh, as a person who's prone to sunburn, like next summer, can I just tell people that I'm desquamating and then not explain yeah. to them what it means? Yeah. And you haven't been doing it already? <laughs> oh, God, I'm feeling real desqu- desquamacious right now. <laughs> that might be pushing it, but, <laughs> you know, Sophie's example totally works. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mug. What is, is that coffee gun there? What's A little tea. A little tea. This is a very stout. It's a very... Well, it, 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 it's a Starbucks uh, you know, oh. situation. This has been mug talk. With yes. Um, John, it is February. Uh, someone out there, some some smart person has dubbed February Women in Horror Month. Uh, uh, did you, I thought Joe came up with that. Yeah, it was Joe. Yeah, sorry, Joe. <laughs> you know Joe. He's always thinking, you know, what can I do? What can I do to give back? You guys never read the Patreon emails I sent out. I just dub different months, different things. <laughs> I do read them sometimes. What are you talking about? I do actually read uh, them, yeah. Um, yeah. John, so I, I suggested this, directed by Catherine Bigelow, of course, um, who is now a, a big-time director. Uh, in the oh, 80s, yeah. maybe not so much. I don't know. Maybe this Wait, was her, her start. Her but stuff. I... Okay, Joe. I don't know what you're saying right now. But I, I hadn't seen this... And that's why I recommend it for the show. It's it's I'm pretty interested to talk about it. You want to tell us uh, what you know about this movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know some things. I've seen it. I, so 1987 is the year. I don't. I mean, we should have played a game where I asked everybody what year this came out uh, without anybody looking. I actually had it had thought that it was earlier than that, like before I went and looked. Um, but yeah, it is 87, as you mentioned. I, I think it's actually Catherine uh, Bigelow's second feature if i remember um i'm i'm checking that now uh yeah she had a movie called the loveless in 81 but this is i mean to your point this is kind of the one that that people remember for sure i maybe there are people who remember the loveless but i'm not one of them um but yeah she goes on uh blue steel uh point break strange days oh i forgot uh, she did point break yeah well that i mean that's, that's like, wild yeah um She's done it, and then she got it. She was in a real war period. Those are kind of the movie. I mean, so her locker, I think she won Best Director. That was Best Picture nominee. Um, but yeah, Zero Dark Thirty, K nineteen, The Widowmaker. Anybody seen that? It's a pretty, uh, pretty sweet little movie. It's a submarine movie. No, okay. Uh, but yeah, so I don't mean. Otherwise, this is. It's it's certainly not um, the first appearance of a lot of these actors, but. It's a memorable appearance by a lot of folks who either had had, you know, uh, earlier like runs a, as sort of character You know, actors. like a young Bill Paxton before he learned to turn it down to nine. No, I think, no, I do think for Bill Paxton, this has got to be, if it's not the thing that put him on the map, it's like. Well, what about, when was Aliens? The, Wasn't that around this time? Yeah, uh, 86. It might have been like. It was before this because that's how a lot of like Lance Henriksen and everyone got in on this. Oh, okay. And wasn't he in Weird Science too? That would have been around this time. Chet. Chet, He's the older brother. I would have guessed that was a little earlier, but you're right. It could have been around the same time. Really? This is the best. I mean, this is Bill Paxton. This is at the top of the I will say, of all those movies I just named, he's the most tolerable in this one, I think. Mm. But we we can get to it. You're gonna put him in this higher than Twister, you guys? No, 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 no. Wow. I'm, no, no. I mean, I'm specifically talking. I'm specifically talking pre. No, no. I, dude, I love Twister. 
I'm talking pre-1990 Bill Paxton. It's like a different human being. Okay. We, but we'll talk about it. Like Bill Paxton in Terminator when he has like the car tread down his face. And he's a weird <laughs> punk. You didn't like that, Bill Paxton. Just, that was too much. It's like he woke up one day and was like, oh, okay. Now I know what I'm supposed to be doing. Have you all ever heard the song Fish Heads? Rolly yes. Police? No. Bill Paxton <laughs> directed the video for that song. Really? Yeah. Got- yeah, when he passed. Who did the? Who's even singing the song? I'm, I, oh, that dear. song is horrifying. My yeah. local indie theater in KC did an outside screening of Twister over the summer, and whenever they do outdoor screenings, they do a little package beforehand. And Joe, they played that music video, and my dad used to sing it, so I had heard it before. And all my friends were like, "Why do you know this song? This is horrifying." Yeah, it's not great. I I listened to a lot of Doctor Demento growing up. Um, that's where that's where I heard it. Big fan. Uh, Sophie, tell me what you thought of Near Dark. Had you seen this before? I had seen this before. Um, so I I think I may surprise everyone by saying I'm actually not a huge fan of this movie. Oh, um, Christ, you're here, Sophie. <laughs> um, I think is totally fine. I don't think it's bad but i remember when i first watched it which was probably five or six years ago um this is probably not news to anyone in the universe i am like a diehard massive lost boys fan so i remember watching this and just being like yeah this is lost boys but like i like it less like way less and um i really when y'all told me that you're gonna do this movie this week i was like you know Maybe I just didn't like it the first time because I was expecting something more like Lost Boys and it wasn't. And I really went into it this time, really wanting to enjoy it. Um, and I just I just don't really. Like, there's lots of aspects of this movie that I appreciate. It looks really good. The it, directing it is does, really yeah. great. The score is good. Um, uh, that's the majority of what I have to say about it. That's super positive. The rest of it's kind of like meh, but uh, we'll get into it as we talk more about the movie. All right, let's mix it up here. Casey. <laughs> so I love this movie. Probably not a surprise to everybody. I saw this when it first came out. Uh, I've watched this movie dozens of times over the years. This was like, I will grant you that part of my love for this movie is the rose tinted glasses of nostalgia because this is like one of the early ones when I was first just getting into horror movies and stuff that drew me back a couple a lot of different times so but the thing that drew me in so pretty much was something different done with vampires the dreamy atmosphere with the score and everything it just felt like somebody's nightmare and I when I first saw it and it's always stuck with me. And I think the way that it's put together to ooze that atmosphere, it's got soft focus, it's got soft colors and everything. And it was just made it pretty fantasy like for me back in the day that and Lance Henriksen is a freaking beast in this movie. I love it. Joe. Yeah, I, I gotta go with Sophie and, and maybe even more to the next level. Um, I've, so I've watched this twice. The first time, I will fully admit I really wasn't paying that close attention, and I left it feeling kind of bored. Um, so, and since then, I've seen like a ton of love for this. Like even when we were planning on watching this, like everybody seemed very excited, and you know, John was like, you know, like doing stuff in his pants and whatever. So <laughs> I sat down, like telling myself, "All right, you're gonna pay attention. You're not gonna be distracted. You're not gonna look at your phone." 
And like 20 minutes in again, like I just, and I mean this in no like disrespect, I don't get it. Like, I don't get the love for this. Like, I mean, Joe, we it's talked okay about to disrespect. Like we expect nothing less from you. Well, no, because I, a hundred percent. And I, I kind of explained this over email. I don't want this to be like a, Oh, Joe's being Joe. Like I really tried guys. I really tried. <laughs> You're allowed to not like movies. It's okay. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Like, we talked about the pacing and I think John, you even mentioned that, you know, some people complain that the pacing's slow. I'm like, it's not, it doesn't get any better. Like, it's just like that through the whole thing. <laughs> and then there's so many like flaws in the script and like just the, the plot. There's in general. some, like, we can get into it. There's definitely some like leaps in logic going on here. They're terrible vampires. Like they, I mean, Casey's <laughs> point, like that they don't use the normal vampire tropes. Like, I can see, but like the ones that they do hint at, they still don't use like the, you know, we get the idea that they have like superhuman power, but they use that once. And then they just use guns for the rest of the movie. Like, I'm not, I'm not even sure why they had vampires in this. Like, yeah, that's not true. There's that I, sweet scene at the end where Bill Paxson rips open the top of that truck and mm-hmm. just starts pulling shit out of I it. Yes. But cool. like, does that even make a difference? Like it doesn't do anything to the truck. You know, what's hilarious. <laughs> that truck is driving for a way. He has ripped out half the shit under that hood and that truck is still going. And I'm just like, exactly. that's not how cars make work. No dude. difference. Yeah. I joked about it over email, but like the more I thought about it, like they could have made these guys meth addicts and had the exact same movie. Like, yeah, but I think that's scared a, I, of the sunlight. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, I think that's partially intentional is to kind of, because that's kind of the way they're looked at by some of the people they run into is just like drug addicts. Okay. Yeah. I we, got a, we, I got a stupid secluded Indiana question, but is meth that old? I think so. Yeah. yeah I think meth's been around a long yeah. time, dude. Okay. Oh, it's old this time. Beauty. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> meth is old this time. Oh my God. John Schnars brings back. Yeah. Here. I mean, I, so I don't know what Joe was referencing when he said I was doing things in my pants when we were talking about <laughs> You I, were so, visibly excited. I, and you sent photos over email, John. Let's not. <laughs> of my pants. I, um, so this is, I think this is the third time I've seen this. Um, and I mean, despite what Joe says, I enjoyed it and like had positive memories of it, but I was actually pretty excited to sort of rewatch it. Um, you know, again, no. kind of like revisit maybe yeah. a little more critically. No. Um, I still had a really good time. I think Casey kind of hit. I, I like the the you know the way you call it sort of like dreamlike. I mean, there's it is. Look, it's basically like a love story of, <laughs> that that's like it's a little weird. I mean, we already talked about the fact that they meet and they're like immediately in love. Um, She's a very toxic girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, no, literally. I mean, that's true. Well, and I mentioned over email, but I mean, there's, I think someone who had maybe more time to think about this, there's a, there's a sort of Romeo and Juliet quality, you know, I mean, she's literally from the other side of the tracks, you know? Um, but yeah, I, I like, I like Catherine Bigelow. Like she, she goes on from here to have what I would actually call mostly like an action movie directing career. And there's a lot of parts of this movie that, are sort of just action movies. There's like a standoff sequence. There's cars running through walls. Like there's just like crazy shit going on in this movie, but it's also like this kind of ethereal love story at the same time with this weird dream like score. Yeah. It's set in a place that we don't see a ton of movies set. You'll see this referred to as a horror Western sometimes. 
that's like a, I think that might be going a little too far. There's not that many sort of like Western. There's elements. spurs, John. There's spurs. Well, there's like, like a yeah. horse. Someone I do. Horse too. I do very yeah. much love this setting though for horror. Like no, but that's the thing. Like tremor style it is or like unique. feast or something. Well, and I think there's there's a lot of movies that come after this that you could point back to this and say, oh, well, that was near dark did that, you know. So f- there's there are definitely flaws. Hundred percent agree. And like we were talking about a remote, I definitely like noticed some of the stuff, like. The the plot turns basically on like the sun coming up and the vampires forgetting that like the sun is coming up. I mean, so we joked about it all like, the time. Yeah, they it, they reference like being at the Chicago yeah. Fire in the Civil War. Like I refuse to believe that these vampires have been vampires well, for more than three yeah. Months. The problem like, is they go to the well like three two minutes. Like it should happen once in that movie. They should have like close calls, and but like or no, they even shouldn't because they should be really on top of their shit, and there should be something extraordinary that happens in the third act. That throws yeah. them off their game, and that's not what happens. And it's very ill-prepared for vampire things. It's shot in such a way where, like, there's lots of instances where they're like, "It's almost dawn," where it's already light outside. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> they are not clear on when the visual cutoff is for when the light will hurt them. So sometimes it's like fully almost daylight, and they're like, "Oh no, now it's bad." And other totally. times it's like the tiniest little sliver of light, and they all burst McDonald's into flames. McDonald's is putting it out their yeah. No, there is, there is, like. there is, a, well. there is a problem with some of that internal logic. I, I had never seen this movie before, and I had started to see some like negative opinions of it on Slack, um, like mixed in with the kind of normal stuff you hear. Because by and large, this is held up as like a horror classic for sure. And yeah. and it, I mean, regardless of like the fact that that Catherine Bigelow was directing this in 1987 is like kind of crazy. Like I would just love to hear more about like how this movie got made, like her early career. Like she was really a trailblazer in a lot of ways, if just based on the time period that she was working in. It's also, um, it's just part of the reason why I love this is like, if you go, if you look at like other stuff that came out this year, it is so unique. Like it almost feels ahead of its time storytelling wise in a lot of ways, because if what, no, so, the lost. It literally came out the same year as the lost. Yeah, but I don't really get. But I, I don't. I really don't understand. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, the Lost Boys is like the the MTV hair metal version of vampires. Yeah. Whereas, like, this is not that at all. This is like a down and dirty. Like, I, I don't even know cowboy version. These are like it's vagrant vampires. Version. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're so to I mean, me. To me, it's like I really like this movie. I agree that looked at through a modern lens there's a lot of like there's just a lot of inconsistent logic within the script that is kind of problematic but to me what's what makes sets it apart for me the score is incredible this tangerine dream score is fantastic it's like perfect for the setting and there's just like there's so much atmosphere it's an incredibly it looks really good like i love the way she shot she makes the dark so fucking dark and it's exactly what you need to do. It, it almost like you can feel the oppressiveness in it of it in these scenes. Right. Um, if anything, I wish it almost focused, it would almost focus more on the love story because to me, that's like the thematically strongest part of the movie. I think, well, you can disagree with me. John. I'm just no, saying no, thematically. Yeah. I don't disagree. It's, it's more it's like the strongest the through line or something, but, yeah. um, I don't care for 80s Bill Paxton as we were talking about on the pre-show. I think he just like his his knob was like permanently turned up to 11 when it needed to be just like <laughs> it's like literally I the clock struck for me. Literally the clock mm. struck 1990 and he was like, oh, 
acting. Okay, I get it now. Like it's not just me co- coked up screaming at the camera. Uh, but I love it. I loved him in this. He's. A, this I, I, think, I did too. I like him more in this than I have liked some of his other '80s performances. I'm obsessed with Lance Henriksen in this movie. Other than the decision to give him disgusting long nails, which I'm always grossed out by, and I don't want to see. <laughs> but, that was see apparently that, like, his choice. Ponytail, he, he had two. Like, but thing. I think he is legit scary in this movie. Like even as a for like a modern first time watch, I found him very frightening and menacing. I agree that the highlight of the movie is this bar scene where they just like straight up murder this bar and torch it. I think that the the next transition of the third act is like a little wonky because it kind of slows down a crazy oh. amount. Um, but I really, man, I really, I just it just feels like a really unique movie to me. Like I cannot think like she really nails the atmosphere and the dreamlike quality. Um, and I totally get why for some, or even on like, if you catch it on the wrong day, it kind of can translate as being, uh, having pacing issues. Um, but man, it's, it's just a super interesting movie to me. So you're just, just for the record, Joe is wrong is what you're saying. I just want to make I, I like it. I, I, I wouldn't say that Joe's wrong. I'm going to be honest with you, John. I think that Sophie should... might be biased in this conversation towards um, Lost Boys, and uh, that is clouding well, her judgment. Well, I will say I am looking through a bunch of movies that came out in 1987, and I do agree with you, Eric, that it like separated itself from those in that most of these are not extremely boring. Like there's, <laughs> like, I swear like, to God, Spaceballs, not Harry and the Henderson, not boring. So like, it definitely is different from those. Uh, Joe, I cannot ex- describe to you the amount of self-loathing I feel when I allow myself to believe you're about to make a serious point for like two seconds. <laughs> it makes me so another, mad another, at myself. No, Can't buy me. Love also came out in 1987. Almost the same plot, minus the vampires. <laughs> I gotta say, like, to the accusation, like, yes, I'm a thousand percent biased in favor of the Lost Boys, but, like, that movie is do- doing so many interesting things, and, like, there is a definitive narrative that is, like, chugging along forward that you can follow, whereas, like, also doing all kinds of crazy great stuff about, like, sexuality and gender, which is very wild and great for the time. So when you, for me, when you watch this movie and it's like, okay, I don't feel super invested in this love story. Cause like, if I could just take a second to talk about how creepy it is that he's literally like, okay, yes, I will take you home, but you have to kiss me first. And like, <laughs> right? it was a so little like assaulty, right? <laughs> so much of their like meat cute is very horrifying and weird. Such so, like, so that when he turned into a vampire and he was really mad, I'm like, that's what you get for making her do something she didn't want to do. <laughs> well, so my read of the situation, I, so obviously I agree, but like she's, well, I don't know what the appropriate term is. Like she's basically like baiting someone to come approach her Are so you that she can. She was asking for it. Joan? Well, no, is because that... she wants to. She needs to feed. Like I thought that was her thing. I think she needs to feed, but she liked him and like didn't. She didn't well, want it to be him, but was like, all right, well, fuck it. it. If you're gonna so do this, let's do it. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is like she, the the game she's playing is she was trying to pick somebody up or trying to get someone to pick her up so that she could kill them, but then she like falls in love with him but th- this is where that's but where this is my point like i think i think that once of that her body language is that she doesn't want to kiss him and he's yeah. like you have to she kiss wants him or I won't to take go home. home yeah yeah, right. no. yeah. <laughs> but like moving past that that's kind of what that. i mean by like it it seems like it should be the thematic through line of the movie the problem is it kind of disappears for chunks of the movie which then leaves it kind of like and uh, you know to be fair sometimes it's for scenes like this bar scene which is pretty pretty fantastic like i feel like you needed it needs a little more of this guy 
trying to decide what he wants to do. He's kind of like an empty vessel. Like it's like he only it's like, are you going to be a vampire or not? Let's have some conversation so I know where your head's at, because literally it's like it almost doesn't happen in the whole movie. But that so that to in the me, movie, it's like, what are the stakes? The whole movie, the yeah. conflict seems to be we can't decide if he's going to be one of us and this is his last chance. And then he messes up and they're like, okay, we'll give him one more chance, but this one is his last time. chance. And I'm like, he does like, save of any, them. Of, of any of this. He saves them pretty dramatically. So that is like what kind of keeps him. Yeah. But at that point they'd already told him like, we're going to kill you so many yeah. times. I just didn't care anymore. Right, Every let's... time they said like, you're messing up. We're going to kill you. I didn't believe that. Sophie, what, what were there like any sequences in this movie that you did like? <laughs> yeah so i love i love the bar sequence the bar yeah. sequence is phenomenal i mean bill paxton yes slitting a man's throat with his spurs is amazing <laughs> yes it's great um the another thing that i really really enjoy about this movie that i think is like probably one of the most famous shots of this movie is the group of them coming over the crest of the hill when they're backlit mm-hmm. like i don't know how many of you are familiar with there's a twitter account called one perfect shot that just picks mm-hmm. like perfect screen grabs for movies like I would print that and put it on my wall. It looks beautiful. Everything. I wish the rest really of well. the movie was as interesting as that static image. Um, but it just it's it isn't for me. <laughs> the the point I was going to make about and to and to the, the to I, the criticism of it being interesting the um the dramatic tension. I I totally agree that there's like a real issue with the relationship being this kind of like through line. And it's where, for me, like, and I mentioned this earlier, I, I think that the easiest way to enjoy this movie is almost to to think of it as an action movie where there is this, like, 80s romance, you know, with Tangerine Dream score. And then there's these, like, segments. Like, she's basically, like, try, trying to get to these set pieces, the standoff with the yeah. cops outside and the car drives to the wall, the bar scene. The, um, the scene at the end is basically, like, the is like a scene out of Terminator or Terminator two. I, I think it's the second one, right? With the, tra- the tractor trailer. Um, you know, I mean, so there's, I, I, to me, like it is a little wonky. She, the fact that it works at all is a testament to the direction in my mind, right? Because it's held together through sort of the art direction and the score and the consistency of the performances. Yeah. But the script I think is the, like, I think the effects itself. are really great too. I like this. Yeah, yeah. I like this affectation of like the smoke pouring off of them. I think, I mean, it works better if it's a little more consistent, but it is a cool kind of visual. They're just walking around like sizzling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I think if you if you made this movie in modern times, A, like it totally would be way more focused on the romance. But they also, I think that just because like written through a much more like postmodern lens or something, they would be so much laser more laser focused on making sure all these details were consistent. Just because I feel like you have to nowadays because stuff is so dissected by people like us yeah. sitting here right now yeah well I also, how old were you john and casey when you first saw this like i'm the i'm not even like being a dick here like i'm legit curious probably high school for me i think i really? watched this like when i was working at the video store it was like one of, you know i would rip through all the and you like, loved like i cannot i can't really watch it now i can't even see me tolerating like a half an hour of this that, when I, was, I mean, like, a teenager. I mean yeah. joe like i i don't know that blows me like i had never seen it it's not i don't I probably saw it like when I was 13 or 14. So probably shortly after it came Joe, out, here's an important question. It then, Joe, here's... it was, it gave my adolescent self weird feelings. <laughs> Joe, I have an important question. Were you still in dry January when you watched this? 
Uh, <laughs> no, actually, no. We're we're out. We we dove out quickly. Gotcha. What's gotcha. the uh, it's the opposite. It's like you know, freaky February. <laughs> My brother keeps calling wet it wet February. February. Oh. Wet February. Yes. Yeah. Soppy February. No, I I think, Eric, there might be, like, my guess is to, on on this sort of scripting and and the way that this thing got put together, it comes in at, like, almost exactly 90 minutes. (laughs) Dude, I get so excited. Definitely, they were, but they were dialing it in to 90, and my guess is there was probably stuff that. Extra dialogue and, like, character stuff, yeah, most likely. Cut for the the sake of the action. Can I make a point? Because this kind of came up earlier, um, talking about the way that it's sort of like blending Western and horror is interesting because at least according to IMDb trivia, now that's like Wikipedia, like anybody can add it. But one of the, I was trying to read IMDb trivia to see if it would make anything more, it would make me feel more emotionally attached to this film. Um, But one of the things they talked about is that both, Eric Red, who co-wrote this with Catherine Bigelow and Catherine Bigelow wanted to make a Western movie, but decided to add horror elements because horror was popular at the time and it would make the movie more commercially popular. And to me, like I wonder if that's why it doesn't work. Because to me, like they don't those I like the action sequences and all the vampire stuff. And I, I tell you, I don't like Western movies, but I just like I can't stand the slow pacing of this and the sort of like meandering in between yeah i feel like that's the thing i do think like if it caught me in a weird mood i might not have liked it but i i I enjoyed the like weird dreamy kind of like pace of it yeah i think what cc's saying is the vampires in this are pretty much the fergie (laughs) joe what was that uh, (laughs) did you just call sophie cc joe did i say cc you sure did (laughs) Uh oh (laughs) go on it's not the first time that's happened (laughs) let's just be clear um that's great, Joe. What? Uh, sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> no, I, I, I was making a stupid point about... You were comparing it to Fergie, though, which I appreciate. Yes. No, I think there was the Black Eyed Peas before Fergie, and there was this movie before they decided to make it a horror movie to make it commercially successful. <laughs> so really, the horror element is you three liking the Fergie version Joe. of the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> Sophie and I being more hip hop purists. Joe, I would like you. Joe, I would like you to participate in this discussion. Joe, I'd like you to participate in this discussion by telling me something you enjoyed about this movie. Um, I mean, I'll agree. Like, I thought the bar scene was probably the most interesting of the the whole thing. Well, let's break Um, it. Let's break it down because I feel like we all largely agree that that's the best part. Like, John, why why do you say that's the best part of the movie? Um, well, so I've already been on record that I l- really enjoy sort of swaggering Bill Paxton. <laughs> I think the scene is just put together really well, right? Because you don't know why they're going in there, though it becomes like sort of clear, you know, pretty quickly. But they're very it's it's the first time you see them be truly sort of menacing. Scary. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And, you know, like physically. Yeah. Scary. Right. They're, they're violent in a way that. It's, well, it's a little shocking. It's a slow tension unroll of like, you don't know if their intention is to just murder everybody or if they're even looking for a fight. Like maybe they just want a beer, dude. You don't know. Like yeah. even in the yeah. beginning when oh. it's really just Paxton fucking with that dude, you don't know if he's just a dick because he's a Bill Paxton. Like you well, not, you're not sure. and he's trying to cause problems for Caleb is what you're assuming at that point. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also like to like once the first person gets killed and is it Paxton that kills the first, or is it the woman? I think it's the waitress that Doesn't gets the killed. Doesn't the woman waitress, do yeah. that scene where yeah, she cuts her throat her so they can fill the glass with blood? That shit is, that's crazy. Yeah, but what I love is that grim. all the humans in the bar freeze. 
Like it's it's a yeah. quiet scene, which is really interesting. Like everyone freezes in fear, and then it's them just kind of going around work in the room and like killing people. Well, the, the bartender's yeah. great because he's trying to maintain some level of like order, or like he he's like gonna be a hero. You know, he gets the gun out, but you know he's just fucked from the beginning. So that you know, there's a, there's tension insofar as you're kind of like, oh boy, like how is this gonna? <laughs> unravel but he's i think that actor does a really good job with it too it's See, interesting for me, especially with that scene they a lot of people might call this a horror western and stuff and i understand that you got adrian pazdar and a cowboy hat and the setting of it they're all out in the middle of cornfields and stuff like that i get it when i was a kid first saw this and every time i've watched it since the biggest thing is those vampires always seem kind of punk rock to me mm-hmm. and so watching them go into this bar seemed at the time was a very punk rock thing to do they're going in there to cause mischief chaos havoc and they're toying with them and i always that's what always sucked me into that scene you just pissed on joey ramon's grave case (laughs) (laughs) well no listen here's the interesting thing though because they're like iconic characters like i i have i've never seen the movie until now but i've seen these characters on shirts and like art and all kinds of stuff for my whole like internet life. And I watching it, I see why like uh, in particular Lance Henriksen and the, the blonde lady whose name, I don't know. He's like diamond back. Yeah. I'm going to be her for Halloween. Dude. Well, that's what I'm saying. Awesome. Yeah. Like (laughs) the, the clothing and design on them, like they all look like comic book characters. And that to me, like that iconic design of it is something that is, yeah, it's very like Mad Maxi. Yeah. 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 Diamondback was the stepmom in uh, in Terminator. She was. Yeah, uh, she was. Too. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Or yeah, I guess Terminator. I was going to say that the guy that Bill Paxton picks a fight with in the bar is the guy that Schwarzenegger picks a fight with at the beginning of Terminator Two in the biker bar. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I want your clothes. It's the same guy. I the really just got shit liquid bars. I really, yeah. well, I really like that. I looked him up on IMDb. He died when he was like forty-eight. Damn. Well, yeah, I really got to bring this down. Huh? Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> not great. I really like that as being type <laughs> typecast. The though. documentary. Like, you look like a dude who's in a bar, but then like a bigger dude's gonna come in and kick your ass. So like, can you? <laughs> I like that. Uh, how about? Really quick, because the thing I noticed when I was doing a little research earlier, so Jenny Wright plays May. I she's probably my least favorite of the main vampire. I mean, whatever. We already talked about the relationship and whether or not it it, it works. I, I but that you know, actress, I feel like I had like seen her and stuff. She hasn't worked since like she like basically kind of gave up acting, it looks like. They don't really give But her... do you know what she was in? What? Well, I was looking. I didn't know what which she was in Lawnmower. Man. She was Lawnmower. Oh. Right? <laughs> okay. I I did see it. That it was on there. What is the she? List. Who is she in Lawnmower, man? She's the sultry neighbor. I will go to bat for her. Oh, and... <laughs> oh yeah. And then he is. Uh, did he? I mean, I'm not. Uh, you know, yeah. He, uh, yeah, fourteen he... year old Casey was a big fan. Joe, you mean the she lady? Was... The lady he gets married to after he shaves his whole body yeah. except his arms? Yeah. In the the unedited version, she was also uh, the brothel owner in Young Guns too. Oh, I was a fairly large fan of her. No, I see. Yeah, she's cute. She's cute. I mean, they don't give her enough to really work with here, and they also like they they give her dialogue that makes her sound like she's not all with it or something. Like I w- was watching this with Elizabeth, and we were laughing because she literally every five seconds is like, "Can you feel the dark? It's so dark. Yeah. Feel the night? <laughs> no, the night." Feel the night. Listen to the dark. It's so Listen cold. The night. Like, it's just like, I get it. It's the night. It's dark. It's cold. Can we, like, what are we talking about here? It's very interesting because she seems very happy being a vampire. 
And not to, I guess we can talk about the ending. Like this guy changes her without asking her. <laughs> like, yeah, I almost yeah. expected the ending for her to wake up and be like, wait, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> I'm going to get old and die now. Like what the hell dude? So that, Oh, also you killed my family. But th- see that uh, really quick, John, sorry. No, no. She was the first one to jump out of that car into the sunlight. The first one in that scene, she somehow survives and is fine when everyone else exploded. Well, he covers her up with like a blanket. Doesn't yeah, she but, covers but her with at a other jacket. scenes in the movie, characters with blankets, the blanket and the clothes go on fire. So like she's in just, a shadow of love. There are scenes. She's not the romantic interest. There are there. scenes where they're using blankets and the blanket sets on fire, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. They're cl- their clothes are not vampires. They are. That's that's so, not how this works. No, we, it's we, not. I think we do need to. Let's talk for a couple minutes about the end. Because to me, the ending of this movie is actually like, it's not that it borderline ruins it, but the way. I, so it's interesting that Sophie was saying that this was like written not as a horror movie. And it's it sort of makes sense because like they basically like inject vampires into it. And then they were like, oh, shit, we got to figure out a way to like get the vampires out of this movie. Right. And so it turns out to not be a vampire anymore. You need like, I don't know, like a pretty small in- transfusion of blood from like, well, so Caleb from your gets farmer it. dad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a veterinarian. <laughs> oh, I, I wondered. Yeah. Okay. I missed that. Oh, I missed right. that detail. I wonder where all this like medical. And by the way, like, there was no alcohol used I, that I saw. Like this was very oh. like oh, he might not be a vampire. Does a vampire have va- does a vampire have a blood type? Well, like he might not be a vampire anymore, but he definitely has tetanus, which he's gonna need. Yeah, to exactly. Out. And right. is it cow blood that gets put in him? No, like, what it's blood his dad. It's his dad's, dad's blood. blood. Dad's that blood. that was my. Here's the thing, and it's back to the romance point. If you're gonna make <laughs> Romeo and Juliet with vampires in, in a western. One or both of them has to die. Otherwise, like, what are we doing? That's where the Romeo and Juliet stuff falls apart, obviously. But um, no, but like, so the the place I was going to go is like, if it was that easy to not be a vampire, like those other vampires. I mean, Lance Henriksen had been in it so long, he definitely wouldn't have gotten out. But like the kid, um, Homer, who we had not even talked about and is weirdest fuck in this movie yeah like, let's please strange. talk about that because i have a lot of feelings about that story. <laughs> i have liked him he, since like as long as i can remember so joe joe that's my point where i will come together with you tonight which is that i also hated that little kid yeah, it's yeah. Like, anytime when you're asking a little kid to pretend that he's old it almost never works because it just it's, does not it's work. very it's, weird yeah but yeah, yeah but it's so with, with the exception of interview with the vampire mm. where kirsten dunce was is pretty good Homer luring the guy's sister into the hotel room was pretty creepy. It was weird. That was horrifying. The whole scene was... He was was... an adult man, and he's like, I'm going to possess this child. It was scary. Like, if if the intention was for it to be scary, it was working. But my point is, like, he was so unhappy as a vampire that you would think if it was that easy, and one of them would... They would have figured that out. I don't know. Someone throughout the history of time must have figured this out before these these, um, country... Bumpkins. Well, so the the argument might be that the reason there's not more vampires is that it has been figured out, but these folks have all decided that they're not going to. It's just you know, weird what? that, like, yeah. again, when I talk about modern movie scripts, right? A modern version of this, someone that would have been mentioned offhand at some point as, as like yeah, some like, kind hey, of. Yeah, if you ever uh, want to stop being a vampire, just get a blood transfusion. Right. <laughs> it, like, but no, but there has to be, you can't just guess that that works and then have it work and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't work. Mm hmm. Yeah. 
you got to at least build up the tension that it's not going to work, right? Like, they put the blood into him, and then they're all sitting around chewing their fingernails and stuff. Oh, God, it's not going to work, and eventually he no, gargly comes dude, out. Dude, it's so weird and anticlimactic how quickly that plays out. Yeah, it comes He just gets up. Quick. By the way, it also, like, hey, it also seemed to clean all the dirt off of him, which was... So uh, took well, that was, the, that was the desquamation. Uh, it was my understanding. <laughs> oh, so, well, don't you were... think he'd heal slower if he wasn't a vampire? He like, got... it should have stayed for longer once he turned human. John, you're saying he got desquamed? Is that what you're saying? He got, <laughs> no, he <laughs> got de-desquamed. Oh, yes. I don't know. If he got... someone's going to turn me back, I would like to have some sort of conversation. Like He got re-squamed, is what you're saying. Forcing himself on this woman, deciding what's going to happen with the rest of her life with zero conversation. No, that yeah. he's that, murdering that, her. Yep. Yeah, all right. Yeah, in slow motion. Obviously, yeah, but she was pretty obviously happy with her life. Sophie, by those standards, we're all slowly murdering each other every day. None of us were as I know, none of us were <laughs> I guarantee to begin like with. as their relationship like went further, she did not have access to their bank account. Like that's, <laughs> I mean, I just, it's, it's just interesting. Like, I almost wonder if maybe that was a studio thing. Who knows? Like, it seems such like the natural thing for them to have a really emotional moment while he watches her die. Although the problem is that they have set up in this universe that when a vampire dies, it friggin' explodes. Like you shove dynamite yeah. up its ass. So <laughs> like that kind of ruins your romantic, like you're dying in my arms ending. Well, the Romeo and Juliet ending—it's not exactly Romeo and Juliet, but Diamondback and and uh, Lance. What was Lance Hendrickson's guy's name? Uh, Jesse. Jesse. Yeah. They um, they have that moment because they they're they like just yeah. casually hands, burn. Riding. Dude, yeah. they're like right driving directly into the sun. The explosions basically. are so ridiculous, and it it is John. Like it does really want to be an action movie, but there's this other thing at the heart of it that just feels in conflict with that sometimes. I guess. Well, no, I mean, it, look, the it's like an, it's an audition for Point Break, right? <laughs> In some ways, yeah. like, so it really is to me a very good-looking movie that's that has an amazing score. Like, I just technically, I love, I love everything about how this is set up. I just wish the script was a little tighter, I guess, but I, I don't know, yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, it, but it was well, great. So. so- it's great the- when you're in that period where you're just kind of cruising through cable channels late at night or something, at least back in the day, which is probably how I found it. And you're cruising through, you come across this, it's like, oh, this looks weird. What is this? And then next thing you know, you're kind of sucked in. It's that kind of movie where you're just kind of letting yourself get drawn into it and not picking it apart. It's a lot more enjoyable. No, I, I agree that if I had seen this when I was younger, that it, it would have stuck out to me. Can I make one more point? Because I would be remiss not to say this, that just like, because it is Women in Horror Month, and I really like wanted to go. I really tried <laughs> to like this movie. I feel like Joe. I was like, right, listen, yeah, I'm really yeah. gonna try <laughs> with this movie, even though I have already watched it and didn't like it. I found the if you take, I mean, just like listen, I get it. It was 1987. We are living in a different time, but the entire setup of their relationship is so troubling because it's not just where it starts, right? It's not just that he is like, if you don't kiss me, I won't take you home. It's then that he refuses to feed, so he'll only feed by making her kill someone and then drinking her blood, which is putting her in danger of dying. And he doesn't seem to feel that bad about it. And I would say those, Um, like, those off... And then he makes her a human without asking. Like, he's just trash the whole way through. And those types of dynamics were, like, uh, especially through the lens of the last couple years, there's... uh, 
a huge amount of problematic stuff in this era of movies. Like in, it's not just horror, right? Like, say, this is actually like low on the end. Yeah, no, totally. That have problematic. But I, no, yeah. but no, for sure. But like, especially coming from a, a female writer and yeah. being held up as like great women in horror movies. Well, and I'm not saying that's you guys. Well, like, I think this movie does have a really good reputation within the horror community and constantly gets put on lists of like best horror movies, scariest horror movies. But also, I mean, it's definitely John. John definitely said that this is like <laughs> the other thing. Sophie, though, is especially like for all we know, as like a woman directing in this era. Like, I mean, anybody directing this era who was young was going through tons of levels of studio bullshit, like rewrites sure. and reedits, and that she's like responsible yeah. for the finished product. Yeah. I mean, one of the other things I saw when I was perusing the IMDb trivia is that when she showed up to direct, the producer who was a man was like. I will give you five days, and if you fuck anything up, I'm getting somebody else. That's crazy. So, yeah. like, obviously, yeah. she was under an immense amount of pressure. I'm not trying to put this on Catherine Bigelow, but... Sophie, yeah. is, I, isn't is you saying you don't like this movie, isn't that a step towards equality? That you can say you don't like it, even though it was directed by a woman? <laughs> don't I you guess. feel great that you're allowed to dislike it, Sophie? <laughs> <laughs> you just, seem I've, never really, I've you, never really felt the need to... But I see what you're you saying. You seem uncomfortable I've really saying felt the need to like stuff just because women do it. You seem uncomfortable saying that you don't like it. That's why I say that. Yeah. Oh, it's just because I really like Catherine Bigelow. So yeah. like I really want to like this movie because I feel no, like I she's hundred percent get what you're saying. Like, I really wanted to also like <laughs> I, I sat down and I'm like, I'm gonna look at this through a different lens. I'm gonna appreciate it. And then I don't know, we watched it and, and here we are. No, and for real, like so for your point <laughs> about the producer, like I cannot imagine what it was like for her to do this in the setting that she was in, like in the cultural and like for sure. Yeah. I'm sure it was very much not fun. And she's listed as a writer, but we don't know like the other writers, a dude. So I don't know how much of the writing of the script she actually did. Like, right. I don't know how accountable it's fair to hold. Her I mean, she may have stuff. had a, right. She may have had like an idea was phase or a draft that was then rewritten right. by like 20 other people or something, you know? Right. Yeah. I give her credit for all the good parts. And like, look, you gotta, you gotta, she's got to eat some of the bad parts too, though. That's just how it is. So. Uh, blame all the bad stuff on the dude. I've never heard of him. Anyway. Like, have these yeah. vampires never heard of watches? Like, this <laughs> Leslie was, and I had that conversation. Get your like, listen. This was the eighties. Yeah. Get yourself a swatch. Set it. Casio, set an alarm. Set an alarm yeah. for like three a.m. Give yourself like a good two hours to get home before the sun comes up. It's like yeah. that's kind of that's the funny part is they have been around for hundreds of years. How have they fucking steal everything or freaking steal everything? So why not a watch? Why would you stay in Kansas? Why would you stay there? You have forever to live and you decide to go there. Uh, As a Missourian, I will agree with that sentiment. I was also thinking this made me think of 30 days of night because I was just like, why wouldn't you go somewhere where there's just like, you know, you don't got to worry about the sun as much. That's a good point. Well, John, it took to like an eternity. How about a fucking field? Yeah, well, more shade. Yeah, more shade. It's, it's a good call. Yeah, or like anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, John, there were. It was. Go ahead, Sophie. It was really cool because I am like a diehard Buffy fan. That for sure, Buffy stole the aesthetic, or you know, borrowed the aesthetic to pay homage to this movie. I'm hoping um, of like Spike is always running around under a burlap blanket, like smoking whenever he's outside oh, in the sun. He always drives around in a car with like tinfoil and black spray paint over the windows 
and I didn't catch that parallel well, they, when I watched they it the have first that, time. So that was enjoyable. They have that like sick like van in the beginning with like the tint and the windows covered, and it's like they got their shit together. And then I don't even remember what something happens to it, and then they're just in shambles. They just well, they, to burn it. They're no, in they shambles. Got, they, the rest they were of the movie. seen abducting Caleb, and they knew that the dad had like called the cops. And right. so yeah. That's yeah. What, but like they have a complete inability to bounce back from losing that van. <laughs> there's no. there's a lot of scenes in this movie which like, I like. You guys built of, it the first time. Just do it again. Yeah. I love they're just like driving these big cars through like, like what don't even look like roads. There's just like, it's like, through <laughs> like dirt it's just like patches. dirt fields. Yeah. There's a Find lot another of fucking RV. There's got to be more than one in Kansas. Like, yeah. I don't know. And they're always waiting until the sun is already coming up yeah. to black the windows out. Like they've been driving all night, but they really needed the view. And now yeah. that it's like, Already that like noon, mouth breather kid just tries to spray paint a window. Like, oh, this is gonna work, right? <laughs> but he stops. Like, keep going, dude. You can't just do like a blob in the middle. Like, I don't. Well, what exactly did Homer think he was gonna do at the end too? When he went flying out of the car, he was like half a mile away. He knew he wasn't gonna make it. No, he was. Oh, really that wanted was... that girl. It was really. Upsetting. I mean, what that did these kid... people do before cars? Because they've been around before cars. Like, what? Well, how did they do this before? I refuse to believe that, like, (laughs) a year minimum, those people had been vampires. A year minimum. (laughs) Missouri is the cave state. They started here, and then they went over to Kansas once they got cars. I mean, the caves were still there, right? Like, they didn't go anywhere. Yeah, but they don't need caves now. They have cars and (laughs) tinfoil. They can't stay in one place because they... They're killing lots of people. Like every night they're killing. Well, that's people. I mean, and that's my question about the bar scene is like for people trying to lay low, bro, this is not laying low. You just no, wait no, they're, waste yeah, they're like making havoc. Yeah. But let's uh let's get to recommendations because we've just spent an hour talking about why this movie's dumb and like how it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but you three tell us tell us why we should go watch it. <laughs> Joe, why are you so salty tonight? Jesus. Good lord. Uh, All right, Joe, what did you think of this movie? Would you recommend it? Friend? No, literally Google 1987 movies and watch everything else before <laughs> this. <laughs> Sophie. I would say if you want to watch a great vampire movie from 1987, <laughs> I would watch Lost Boys. I don't, listen, I'm not going to, I don't argue that point with you. Fun fact, the little kid Homer who's in this movie is the younger brother of Jason Patrick, who was the lead guy in Lost Boys. So. Wait. You are full of fun. He's wow. like Corey Hames' younger brother. I young? read the IMDb trivia. <laughs> he's Corey Hames' like younger brother? Or is he... Is he he's, the... he's Michael, the one who turns into a vampire. Spoiler alert for Lost If Boys. that isn't like Danny DeVito, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> twins. Like... <laughs> I'm lost. You're going to have to explain this to me later. I think it's his younger brother. I don't think they're identical yeah. But still, like, that guy got the short end of the stick on the looks department. Oh, he's his brother. Oh, he's... Okay, okay. He's his brother in life, not in the movie. In real life, yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In real Confused. life. I don't think these movies exist in the same universe. In The Lost Boys, the vampires bleed glitter. Do I need to say anything else? <laughs> Listen, I... Well, they also good, do vampire shit. It's like. a great... Uh, it's a great motion picture. I'll agree with you there. John, <laughs> would you recommend Near Dark? Yeah, I'm going yes. Casey? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a yes too. I think you got to know you're getting into like a weird kind of slow burn with some, some issues. But I'm I like it. I th- I, I un- completely understand why this is like considered a cult classic. I think Joe just needs a drink. No, I, I still don't. <laughs> I don't know why you guys are acting like Joe is the lone voice of dissent. No, because you but you're dissenting like um, a normal person. Joe is like just about as about angry it. as Joe ever gets on this show. <laughs> 
You guys knew I was a thug when I got into this. <laughs> if you really want to appreciate the aesthetic of this movie, just like look at that picture of them walking over the hill and then watch Lost Boys. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll go with that. <laughs> I've only seen Lost Boys once, and I don't remember liking it as much as this. I John, now I'm gonna have to go back. Joe, John, no, no, I'm gonna have to go. No, this is about yeah, it I, in Grimm. Lost I Boys. say this with the utmost respect, John. You are an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Lost Boys is absolutely a better movie than this. And Joe, you almost just made me choke to death. That was pretty good. All right, guys. Hey, there's another. There's another fun bit of uh, IMDb Casey, trivia. We gotta Homer stop. wrote. We got to stop. Homer wrote the final girls. Ah, the kid. Yeah, what the fuck? I love that right. movie, and I did not. Guys, see we that. Gotta, we got to stop this before it ruins the show forever. All right, let's uh, do some fan mail. Cujo. From the novel by Stephen King, creator of Carrie and The Shining, comes a chilling new tale. Cujo. Now, there's a new name for terror. Cujo, directed by Louis Teague, rated R, now playing. Check newspapers for a theater near you. Kathleen Kinmont from Halloween 4 and Bride of Reanimator, and you're listening to Bloody Good Horror. Send feedback to info at bloodygoodhorror.com or on Twitter using hashtag AskPGH. Join Patreon to get back episodes and much more. Patreon.com slash bloody good horror. And we're back. All right. In search of some very um, dry, non-controversial topics to uh, get this back on board. Um, February is Women in Horror Month. Um, so if you want to talk about Women Horror Month a little bit. Yeah. So, um, 2021, this is the 12th Women in Horror Month. Um, it was set up as sort of like a grassroots initiative that has people who are involved in it sort of all over the world to try to encourage, um, just like, and promote horror that is made by women. And that's horror movies and games and books and stories. It's sort of throughout the genre. Um, so the, they actually have a website, womeninhorrormonth.com. The folks that sort of run Women in Horror Month generally, they have a blog called The Axe Wound, and then they also do a, um, film festival. So, yeah, they are a great site, and they keep that a is, list every February of, like, what? That is a name for a blog. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, own the misogyny and turn it back around. I gotcha. Uh, so, so yeah, and then they have, they have like a database where they keep um, sort of like event stuff because they encourage folks to have their own like smaller film festivals and watch parties and discussions and things like that. So there's a ton of resources on their website. Um, I also noticed that this year they're selling Women in Horror Month masks oh, um, if you want to do that since none of us can show our faces outside currently. That's true. 
Um, but yeah, it's womeninhorrormonth.com has a lot of the info and resources. I love it. Um, so for Women Horror Month, we, um, as we announced last week in the show, we have a new shirt design. It has a, um, I would call it a pink logo, but it's more like a, like a mauve. I don't know what you'd call it. John, what do you think? Uh, and what we're doing for Women Horror Month is uh, this whole month, anything you buy in our store, um, we are donating the proceeds to Rain. Um, Sophie, you were um, one of our writers who helped us pick this charity. Do you want to just talk briefly about Rain? Yeah. So um, Rain is a really awesome organization that sort of does a lot of different things. So I would recommend if you're interested in them at all that you look them up. Um, but, and I'm going to get the acronym wrong. It is the Rape, Abuse, Incest, incest. and... No, yeah, Rape, Abuse, Incest National Network, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Um, so good. they have a lot of resources for survivors of abuse and assault. Um, they, I, they are an organization that I became familiar with because Cameron Esposito often does, like when she does stand-up specials or something, she'll request, she won't charge money, but will request that you donate to Rain in order to watch her specials and stuff like that. Um but they're a great organization that has a lot of resources. Like I said, if you are a survivor and need those resources, or if you are someone who cares about someone who has gone through this and need resources, because, um, you know, a lot of folks don't know how to handle people in their lives that have experienced sexual abuse or of, in any form. So they're a great organization. Yeah, they're a great organization. They're doing a, a, a lot of great things. And if, so if you want to get this shirt, it is, um, or anything in our store, you can go to, sh um, shirts.bloodygoodhorror.com and that will forge you straight to our T public store. You can get any of the designs in there. Um, you'll see the new one when you go there and, um, whole month of February, all the proceeds are going to rain. Um, yeah. So check that out. Oh, so if you want to talk about tweet with BGH quick. Yes. So, um, in honor of the fact that the internet absolutely exploded over the Kong versus Godzilla trailer, um, we're doing all related films for the next couple weeks. So on this past Saturday, we watched the original King Kong. Um, Sunday the 14th, so for Valentine's Day, if you need an idea of what to do with your significant other or just like treat yourself for Valentine's Day, um, we're doing the original Godzilla film from 1954. That's going to be at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Um, valentine's day so you still have time for a date afterwards if you're trying to do that and on the 27th of february we're doing the original king kong versus godzilla from 63 and that'll be back at our regular time so seven eastern um but if you want information you can if you're a patron there's a slack channel you can jump in and if you're not a patron you can follow us on Twitter, we are at BGH New Class Live, and I am usually on top of things as far as posting what the next movie is going to be. Love it. Tweet with BGH. Um, Joe, I did want to mention quick, we we had some great response to the new um, shirt design. People are, and then people are already starting to get their first uh, batch in, posting on Slack. Yeah, we had, I mean, within the work, first week, we had a, a ton of sales. I don't have the number in front of me, but like, big response and the last day or two um i know like i saw whitney post yesterday her shirt came in they, they they look awesome like it's printing really nice so i'm excited we are if you become a patreon we also have a uh, discount code just for this month um so you pa know sign up patreon patreon.com slash bloody good horror you can also get the pre-show which is where john and i had a love spat today. Mm. <laughs> That's what I'm choosing to call it. I almost forgot about it already. Good, 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 good. 
So after this, like when we go to go to bed, are you are you going to give me the silent treatment or? <laughs> Am I giving you the silent treatment? Right now? <laughs> no, I'm just no. You're acting. We're in public now. I'm wondering yeah, what it's going to no, be no, like. Dude, you guys going to text each other a little right. XO before bed? Dude. No, I'm definitely not texting you before bed. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, buddy. Um, Joe. Yes, sir. You know what? You know what's coming up, Joe. Oh, the romance eve. Valentine's Day, a day for <laughs> lovemaking. You might say. Oh. Day and night, Eric. It's potentially my favorite holiday wow, because, what? as you know, I enjoy the carnal pleasures. I don't know what you get up to, but you might want to hydrate. Is all I'm going to say, Joe. I think you know what I get up to. If somebody's, <laughs> I think you're well aware. What's a good way? What's a good way that somebody could prepare for this type of uh, evening? I mean, if. Uh, you're looking for what the kids would call a fluffer or foreplay or, you know, something just to get you in the mood. Might I suggest cameo.com slash BG horror. And there you can uh, request a video of, of me just, you know, maybe laying out what you might want to do for the evening, maybe giving suggestions, new positions, um, pleasures and tastes and touches that you might never have, have enjoyed in the past. Joe, might I suggest maybe some mise-en-scene? Like, could we get, could we get like a bear skin rug for you to lay out on or something? I was going to say, maybe you just want to see Joe laying out. Like, I would, no, I would like fireplace. to see you giving this type of encouragement and advice in some type of very sexy setting is what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a fireplace in my house. Things could happen. Um, or if you, you want to get out of this relationship before mm. Valentine's Day so you don't have to buy a gift or anything, I'm happy to break up with your significant other. Just let me let me be a part of whatever you're doing. Like, And it, five bucks. I mean, guys, if here's you want, the secret. It's really it's about Joe feeling loved. OK, so let's, it honestly is like this is therapeutic <laughs> for me. Like I need this more than you guys. So <laughs> just and I'll be just to throw my hat in the ring. I would like if anybody does this, I would. I would love nothing more than to play in the show a cameo of Joe trying to prep someone's loved one for Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, cameo.com slash BG Horror. Just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here to help. Love it. Info at Bloody Good. Oh, so that's cameo. Yeah, cameo.com. You can check that out. Um, we got an email from Andy about the website, info at bloodygoodhorror.com. Sophie, Luke, and Andy have been reviewing some of the genre offering offerings of this year's Sundance <coughs> Film Festival. You can check out all that coverage at bloodygoodhorror.com. A few special mentions include Coming Home in the Dark, Censor, and Ben Wheatley's latest, In the Earth. Uh, lastly, Adam has a new and extremist discussing genocide tribunals in recent Golden Globe nominee, La Llorona. That sounds like mm. an Adam kind of article. Sophie, you reviewed Censor, right? We we I wanted sure, to yeah. Have what's the show. what's the best that would have you seen anything good coming out of Sundance, Sophie? Yeah, so I saw five movies and I um I really liked four of them and I really didn't like one of them, but I haven't uh, reviewed it yet. Um yeah, we were should... we were gonna try to do censor for the show. Yeah, we just couldn't, and it just couldn't like, get the schedule together. That comes out. That was probably my favorite one I watched. And I feel, I don't know if any of you have read my review yet. It's fine if you haven't, but I think it will really, really, really appeal to you guys. Like it was so much fun and it was just, it looked wild. really good. Yeah. Yes. I started reading your review and then I was worried I was learning too much about the movie and I was like, all right, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't like think I really spoil anything as long as you know the plot, but. You don't really need to read my review to like the plot is just so good. I saw that you gave it four and a half stars. So I, I was, sure did. It was quite yeah. good. Mm. And I got to do a it was actually very cool, speaking of women in horror month, that I did 
I saw five movies at Sundance. Four of them were narrative fiction, like horror sci-fi, and one was uh, the new Rodney Asher documentary. But all of the four narrative films I saw were uh, written and directed by women, <laughs> which I didn't realize. Like, I didn't look at who directed them. I was just like, oh, this is cool. Wait, so. what's the... I saw the Rodney Asher... I. What's it about? I saw the like. It's, it's like, weird. It's called it's a glitch the, in the matrix. It's about yeah. simulation theory. Oh yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Okay. okay. I'm in. It's wild. He interviews a bunch of people that he calls like witnesses that are people who like believe in simulation theory and feel like they've had experiences that make them believe in it. And he, so he has extended interviews with all these people like he does in the nightmare and everything else. But they are all represented on screen by like three dimensional computer generated yes. avatars. Love it. So you never see them. And the sound design guy like built a soundscape around, like one of them is a very futuristic looking, like articulated metal Fox. And uh, when the guy is gesticulating, you can like hear the plates of metal, like clinking into each other. Okay. I need this in oh, my wow. life. It's really cool. Yeah. It comes out um, on VOD on Friday. Love. Yeah. I love that because you'll find like respected scientists who are like, I don't know, 50, 50 shot that we're in some kind of simulation. Who, who can say? Well, it's one yeah. of these things is like, not, you can't disprove it. You can't really. disprove so it. So it's like, yeah, it's fine. I, I would be ashamed of people. If someone was like programming this, what we're doing right now, yeah. Joe, you ever heard, <laughs> Joe, have you ever heard of, have you ever heard of the Sims? It's basically the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that when you're got your edibles like going the, later. When the sim wets itself because you you like yeah. don't let it go to the bathroom <laughs> because like, because it's like, Fergie, <laughs> so we are living in a simulation. Right. <laughs> Brought it all back around. Yeah, very nice. Exactly. Uh, one more email from Robin from the UK. I am a patron and have been a listener for about eight years. I don't normally message podcasts, but the year this year we've all lived through makes me appreciate the few things I still enjoy even more like you guys in the eight years I've listened. Um, in eight years, I've listened start to finish three times. That's pretty impressive, Joe. Wow. Uh, that's a lot of time with you guys in my ears as a UK listener. I have two recommendations from the 2020 list. You, um, you, that you haven't seen. St. Maud, superb, and at 84 minutes, I think you'll be happy. And Get Duked, I already like this. It's, hor it's horror comedy and far more comedy than horror. Cheers, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. If you ever question the use of your time, know that you've gotten me and many others through many tough times. It's like having buddies in your ears that are there when you need them. Nice. I've Thank actually you. seen Get Duked. Yeah? I don't know. Yeah, it's okay. It's not... It's not terrible. It's not gonna like be your new favorite horror comedy either, but it's enjoyable. Um, Saint Maud, I think, is getting released like this week in the U.S. Or like I thought, oh. I, thought I think I the twelve. Okay, because Sheldon mentioned it on Slack. I, that's one that we like had on the list, and it was supposed to be out already, and mm. obviously got jammed up with the whole global pandemic situation. Well, I like that after eight years, Robin finally emailed us and Casey immediately shit on her recommendation. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks, Robin. Joe, Talk to you soon. Joe, what are we... <laughs> uh, we're all very thankful for Robin and now all the listeners. Joe, yes. what uh, what do we got on Twitter? We're on Twitter uh, at BG Horror. We use the hashtag AskBGH every, every week if you want to send in a question. Uh, first up, from my uh, my one and only fan, Renee. Uh, dose ex manati. <laughs> so can vampires get boners or not? Has a movie ever definitively addressed this? I feel like it's a frequently glossed over, 
uh, considering how obsessed they are with seducing people. Well, there is no sex in this movie, right? I always think of I mean, like, there isn't in most vampire movies, right? Like, like a, there's the seduction, but there's never... Right, because in Bram Stoker's Dracula, it's crazy horny, but he he just bites her. Like, he doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. Sophie's got an example. <clears throat> so, I'm a really big... <laughs> I'm a really big Buffy fan. And uh, there's a... If you like Buffy, there's a great Buffy podcast that's like two queer women doing like a queer feminist uh, review of every Buffy episode. And they write a song to synopsize every episode. And it's delightful. They had a whole debate for like a season about whether or not vampires can get erections, but like Angel and Buffy for sure fucked. So, what about that go. thing we reviewed with David Is Bowie? Is this like in the fanfic you wrote, or like you know, like when you say for sure, like, John? What about that? I mean, it's a plot point because uh, it's okay. a whole thing. It's a plot point. I don't want. I haven't seen. She seen loses it. her virginity to Angel. He has a soul, and if he experiences true happiness, he'll lose it, and they have sex, and he loses his soul, and then he's evil, and then she has to send him to hell. Spoilers for Buffy. Wow, that's a lot. Um, I don't need to watch Buffy now. John, you do need to watch Buffy. John, what's that horny vampire movie with David Bowie we reviewed? Don't they bone in that movie? Yeah, don't they bone in that movie? Uh, I think they... Maybe. I don't know. The vampires in True Blood bone a lot. Oh, yeah. There you go. Good point. What about Only Lovers Left Alive? The word lovers is right in that title john so i mean i uh, i don't think i actually saw that one i saw the hunger i'm trying to i don't remember if there's like you know intercourse i don't don't think there was but um no there's like i like when i was in college i had to read here we go (laughs) there was a bunch of there's a bunch of like you know uh academic literature about sexuality and vampire like they're all horny like this is not just like something that uh you know movie directors and, and writers have invented it's kind of i think it's been there since the beginning i mean eric mentioned dracula yeah, very horny funny. horniness has been there since the dawn of time so Joe. horny even uh, vampires next up donnie davis has the cast seen the first episode of resident alien if so what are their thoughts on it i don't know what that is uh i actually have seen it and i loved it it's a new sci-fi show with um pirate steve from uh, dodgeball i do like pirate steve so he plays an alien that crash lands on Earth and then has to disguise himself as a human uh, in like this small town. Um, it's almost like a northern like exposure. Yeah. Is that Alan um, Tudyk? Is that who that is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Alan yeah. Tudyk. Um, the first episode was really funny and really good. So I have very high hopes for it. So I like a like a fish out Eric, of water. I was gonna say Eric loves a fish out of water comedy. Yeah, really. I, I like Hunky shows boys. with like little oh. twists like this, where like there's an alien in a small town. Like that that stuff gets me. John, too. speaking of hunky boys, how have I not brought this up yet? Can we talk about where you go bathing suit shopping? Uh, yeah. Baby cap. I did. I, saw I did. Wear Sophie, did you see the pictures of John's polar bear? What, what do they call that when they do that? The, the polar bear polar plunge. plunge. Uh, no. Joe, I'd like Joe right now to describe John's bathing suit because I like well, Joe's reaction. I said, like, I think the joke I made was like, when you forget your bathing suit and Baby Gap is the only thing that's open. No, so it's, it's a, a bold it's like a It's like a lap swimming bathing suit. Like, you, you know, it's not like a bathing I intentionally wore a bathing suit that I knew was going to be a little ridiculous. But the crazy thing is the guy, like there was a guy who got trimmed out of, maybe you could see him in one of the pictures, wearing like true banana hammock <laughs> with like, palm trees on it and shit and i was like that's so good you're not that you gotta minimize the cold fabric on your skin you're not that far off i I gotta say bold move when you take shrinkage into account too good for you 
I could tell what religion you are in those photos. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had a real, we had a real hunky boy Saturday on Slack. I enjoyed it. Uh, no, and thank you. Uh, you know, several of the patrons uh, supported. We were the polar bear plunge. I think it's nationally raises money for um, Special Olympics, and uh, yeah, got we. You know, we had a nice number there. How was the water? I mean, it was cold. It honestly was not that bad. It was like thirty-seven, I oh, think, thirty-eight, God. which the air was like thirty-six. So. Yeah. The hard, like I was saying to somebody, like the hardest part is honestly the preparing for it. Like getting undressed to get ready to get in the water was like worse than once oh, you're in, you can get the towel on. Squeeze it, like, it into that no, bathing suit looked getting, like it was the hardest part, John. The getting out part is terrible. Like I've done it a couple of times and I feel like once you get out and you're like getting feeling back in your extremities, that's awful. But I wasn't in that long. Like my toes got numb, but that was about it. Mm. Yeah. Go on. I also did mine in Rhode Island. So I feel like it was maybe... My sister uh, did one in uh, did you ever she been? did one in Minneapolis and they had to cut a fucking hole in like the ice. <laughs> oh, it was like an God. ice fishing hole. Yeah. The last one I did, my cousin who was like the because we did it all the cousins every year, my youngest cousin never got to do it. And the last year I ever did it was the first year she would be allowed. So one of the older cousins had to take her and I was like, I'll take her. And um she went into shock. Ooh. Like she came out of the water and was just like Dear God, like this sounds carry fun. Carry her to the car. Yeah, so I haven't done it since then. Uh, I liked it. I would recommend. So, Casey Kern, <clears throat> next up. Would you consider yourself near dark people or the Lost Boys people? Uh, probably Lost well, Boys. Well, no. Probably Lost Ask Boys. Ask an answer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Lost Boys say, is like just like so much. This. It's so much fun. I consider myself a frog brother. Uh, Hell yeah. Next up from our, our good friend Whitney. Uh, Whitney, please. What's your favorite Valentine horror movie to snuggle up with your loved one? Vampire Lovers from Hammer. What was that? Um, it was uh, what's her name from Who's the Boss? Who might Alyssa Milano? Oh, I know. Was it like Curse of the Vampire or something? It was borderline porn. Yeah, that was but, when she uh, in her nineties, like uh, uh, yeah. softcore kind or like you know very saucy nineties uh, direct to video phase. Yeah, I'd go with that one. I don't really. This have sounds an like a good cameo. Someone could send in. Actually, mm-hmm. Joe, oh, yeah. Joe would have a good list. I suspect. <laughs> Anybody else? My my wife refuses. I mean, I think this is well documented. Suzanne will not watch a horror movie, even a movie that she thinks could have something slightly scary in it. She just it's like a hard no. So uh, that Alyssa I... Milano movie is what I'll be watching by myself. Is what I'm saying. John, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just a Skype call away, John. Uh, Skizbot, <laughs> I personally love a good courtroom drama or legal thriller. Primal Fear, A Few Good Men, Aaron Brockovich, love them. Do you enjoy them as well, or do you have any favorites? I enjoy one courtroom drama, and it's called Matlock. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more of a police pro- police procedural type of guy myself. Yeah, my list starts and ends at my cousin Vinny. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. Is like, <laughs> I don't it's really. Comedy, it's not really a sure. genre that I'm into, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, big fan. All right, our buddy Adam, attorney at Space. What is a video you go back to on YouTube that always makes you laugh? Oh, uh, that, <laughs> the dude when they're arguing over uh, the Wizard of Oz. Mm. When he's just like, "She's the Wicked Witch of the what East, bro." Oh. 
<laughs> grow up like grow i could, up. mary mary and i are constantly quoting this back and forth on slack it is the funniest video that has ever been made i've never seen that. i'll, no, no. I'll send it to you video we someone else asked this at some point or maybe a different version of this question but it's the grape stomp video Yes. You could never beat that, that noise. <laughs> I will hear that noise on my deathbed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And laugh. And laugh. Yeah. It is it is genuinely a tie for me because I feel like one is a cheat because it was on Vine, but I don't know if you all ever saw like when Vine was still a thing and you would go watch compilations on YouTube of good vines. There's a great one. That's like a video, like an outline of a Pokemon pops up, and it's like, "Who's that Pokemon?" And this guy, like, really excited, is like, "It's Pikachu!" And they go, "It's Clefairy!" And he goes, "Fuck!" And then the video just cuts. <laughs> Best. But also, have you guys seen the video of the guy whose kayak is sinking and he's just like, Sarah, help me. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Oh, God. These both up. sound great, though. Um, They're yeah. both delightful. I would rec- recommend both of them highly. Sophie, I, I, I pasted mine in the chat for you later. For, oh, so hell yeah. Out. I still go back and watch those. Um, they were, I think Fenster Films was the group that put them out. It was the um, the G.I. Joe, like uh, oh, the more yeah. you know. Oh, the at the you brought these <laughs> up yeah. before. Yeah. <laughs> I still watch those. It's been like 20 years, it's, and I still laugh like an idiot. I, I, rem- I mean, I remember when viral videos like first kind of started becoming a thing. Like I remember somebody emailing me peanut butter jelly time mm. and like taking probably an hour to download it, and I was drunk at a party and watching this and just like, what well, what am I even watching right now? Like, what is this? Wasn't this site? It was like E Bombs World yes. or something. Yes. Was the site yeah. That shit on it. It was like it had so all ridiculous. of them. Yeah. So my my favorite that I could always go back to it, it, it. I don't go back to it frequently, but when I do, it's always good. There was a web series on a site called Channel One Hundred One called Twiggers Holiday. It was oh, made perfect. by Rob Schaub. It has like Dan Harmon shows up in it and a couple other people. I always those always crack me up. Hmm. They have stupid songs. It's pretty good stuff. <laughs> Wicked Witch Hunts, uh, bro. All right, here's the only one five two seven uh, jaded queen. Random. I'm having trouble naming my two nameless, sexless, too young to determine genders, bearded dragons. Any suggestions? Have a uh, here's a clip for inspiration, and she shows. Uh, there's a, a little picture of this this tiny little bearded dragon. Do um, it, Joe. What do you got? Hey, Joe. Just name it, Joe. Oh, that's just good. name him, Joe. Yeah. Both of them. Joe one, Joe yeah. two. Yeah, both of them. And then like why? Then you got Joe, Joe. If you talked to both yeah. of them at the same time. Do you guys have you guys watched uh, the How to Train Your Dragons movies? Uh, yes. No. So my son's like obsessed with them right now. He's gone. There's a little How to Train Your Dragon phase. Uh, I love the dragons in the, that show have wonderful names. Like they're like the, they're like all they all look different, obviously. So it's like I don't know. There's like screaming death, there's whispering <laughs> death. I mean, so I'd, I'd like, probably I go know. with some some Game of Thrones things. What were the the ferrets and Beastmaster, Kodo and Poto? Go with that. <laughs> yeah. Those are fun. I really like well, naming daughter, one of them my, Joe and my, one of them Schnars. If I'm being honest. Yeah. There you go. There you go. My daughter has a really big uh, beardy that's uh, named Fidget. Oh. Hmm. I don't really get. How long do they live? I don't really get owning reptiles. Quite a bit. Pets, so I'm going to be honest with you. Like, what do you do with them? You just look at them. Nothing. I I told this story uh, tons of times. I had a turtle for 17 years and like never grew attached to the thing. Yeah, it's a friggin' turtle. We're just like, like when is this gonna die? It's cold. No, I, when we moved here, I gave it away. <laughs> and, like, didn't even shed a tear. Yeah. And Delaney let Delaney get hers out every couple days and carries it around the house, talks to it, lets it sit on her shoulder while she's crawling around on her chest while she's watching TV and stuff. That thing will murder her the first chance. <laughs> <laughs> it's just waiting until it's big enough. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on Instagram at Bloody Good Horror. Uh, every Tuesday we post up. If you want to just send in a question, we'll we'll make dumb comments, or I'll make a dumb comment, and then we'll make more dumb comments here. Uh, first up from our friend who refuses to use the form, uh, Tippy the Hamster. Speaking of of pets. Tippy the hamster wants to know what pets you guys have. Um, and she's sent in a picture of her, her hamster. I have a funny, this is related to both this and the old question. Actually, I had a turtle when I was a teenager and I read that this kind of turtle could grow up to like 10 inches around. So I was like, I want this turtle to get really big so I can walk it. (laughs) Except here's the thing, John turtles don't get that big when they're like in a cage, like in a small tank, like they grow as big as like their environment. They also walk very slowly. It really, well, it was John. It was not a great plan. Okay. Is my point, (laughs) but I'm just saying like, no, I didn't really do enough research, but yeah. I Uh, I do have a coworker who had a pet turtle that she used to walk on a leash. See, it's a thing. Joe, you have dogs. You have a couple dogs. I have two. Yeah. Lemmy and autumn. Uh, Autumn's okay. She's fine. Lemmy and, is a, a prince sent from the heavens above. <laughs> and people who've listened to the show have gone, you literally heard you go literally from a person who like would be like, I don't understand animals. Why do you have animals in your house? It's disgusting. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I, I've always, like, I like dogs. I was never like, I never had a desire to own one. To just and like I, laying on the floor, yeah. mouth kissing these dogs. Like, well, like I said, <laughs> Lemmy is a, a special creature. We. <laughs> We share a certain bond. That's the thing about dogs. If your first dog is really amazing, you're like, oh, we should get another one. Then you're like, oh, sometimes dogs are just assholes. Like, yeah, I mean, she's not an asshole. She's fine. She's just, she's not Lemmy. And I tell her that every day. (laughs) It's messed up. (laughs) Casey? We've got Aggie the Beagle and like four cats. And then Delaney's got a Beardy and a Gerbil. Joe or John? Uh, We have Homer and Barney. They are uh, brother cats. Brother cats. They were in the same litter. Brother Is cats. that like a Mormon thing, John? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Brother cats. They were spiritually married. <laughs> <laughs> Sister uh, wives. Sophie, yeah. what about you? In the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, Eric, Sophie? you have a dog. Sophie? Here. Sophie? What? Do you have pets? Me? Yeah. No pet, no pets over here. My uh, fiance is very anti-pet. I'm hoping he'll end up like Joe, and I'll get a dog eventually. But he will. I fought it for years, and then finally broke down. And like the dog, Lemmy was supposed to be like my daughter's best friend, and like I immediately befriended him. And now the rest of the family, I think, resents him. My therapist was like, "Sophie, I think a dog would be really good for your anxiety." And I was like, "Can you please write me a note? Like, <laughs> that would be great." I like that. Yeah, I have a I have a Chihuahua mix named Nugget who weighs like eight pounds, and he you've heard him on the show because he ha- he's allergic to everything, and he just walks around the house all day sounding like an emphysemic senior man. So um, you've definitely heard him on the show before. But yeah, sounds like a great companion. Yeah, it's great. Uh, all right, bunch of other questions here. Favorite David Bowie album? Uh, my answer obviously was Under the Table and Dreaming. 10, ten oh, points Lord. if you get that reference. That is Joe. a good. That is a good one. Yeah, I think I, I had that it. one, Joe. I'd go I mean, Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, I think you got to go Ziggy Stardust. I don't know. Station is to Station. That, I'm not familiar with any of it. Really, um, so, I'm, yeah. I mean, I appreciate him. I just I couldn't tell you like one album is. Uh, how much schnars can a schnars chuck chuck if a schnars chuck could chuck schnars? How much I think we've gotten that question before, young original bastard, but uh, oh. no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> it, it did sound familiar. I went with seven. Yeah. 
Uh, is he? He's chucking himself. I don't really. I get a little sleepy after the seven. <laughs> one chuck. One chuck. Is, uh... Yeah, I mean that's impressive, John. The refractory period. There, it's pretty good. Uh, here's one favorite Tori Amos song. I don't. What well, are Tori Amos songs? I listen to her much. Sorry. That, that's the Caitlin right. song or a Caitlin question, yeah. right? We're gonna have to. I don't know. Hundred percent is. How did you? Did you just? Yeah. No, um, no, I thought it was from her. Oh, did her. she You're ask it? it was from her. No, it's from her, yeah. <laughs> I, I usually don't, yeah. She's oh, Caitlin, I love it. I, my response to be a dick was that uh, if I could walk a thousand miles. So. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> what was the, the, I actually do, like, what I've heard of Tori Amos, I really do like. Um, she had that song with, like, the rats where she's playing the piano. Like, that one was actually very nice. The rats? Yeah. I think she's always playing the piano. I think that's, like, yeah. the thing to But not with rats, John. No, not rats? usually. <laughs> Uh, have you tried the medium on Xbox yet? No. Which I didn't. They made a video game out of that Patricia Arquette TV show. Mm-hmm. Like that sounds awful. Yeah. Wait, that's seriously what it's based on? <laughs> John, <laughs> what are you guys? John, Casey was Casey was nodding, and I was like, "Oh, uh, okay. did that, John? Did that speedo cut off the blood flow to your brain?" <laughs> I mean, it's a terrible name for a game either way, but... I've John, to go to the doctor. level of self-loathing when you think that Joe is saying something serious? Uh, dude, it's the worst. It's it the is, worst. It's it feels bad, man. Yeah, I get taken in. It is hard. I get it. This is my favorite episode. When we reach episode 1,000, instead of doing a compilation, Eric, just put this one out again. <laughs> okay. Um, played any good board games lately? You'd have to be able to be around like people <laughs> to do that. Uh, we so I've been buying. I bought a bunch because like my son's like getting old enough now that I I want to like indoctrinate. It. I love board games, and so I don't know. We've had like mixed results. It's got like he's sick, so his focus isn't quite there yeah. yet. But yeah, um, as a person with like terminal focus issues, I find them impossible to play. Like I my leg is jump. I'm like bouncing around. I can't wait. So like, I let just... me give you. A, I'll give you a recommendation. It's not a board game. It's a game called Quicks. My wife found it. I have no idea where she found it. It's basically, it's like, I don't know if people play Yahtzee. I used to love Yahtzee. So I was playing that with my son. This is like another, it's like a, just another like dice rolling game. But it's like, I think it's got a little more strategy I do than like, Yahtzee. Which, I do yeah. like Yahtzee. We used to play it when I was hmm. a kid. Yeah, Yahtzee's I, great. I got Colleen uh, Patchwork for Christmas and we've been playing that. That's a nice little two-player game. Nice. That's what I need. I need more two-player. Yeah. See, I'm like not into, there's this whole wave of these like, just new we i kickstarted my nerd board game it's about horror like i always like everything's got a new rule set like i need to just play some old school shit with some rules i know i can't learn new rules for every game is what i'm saying so eric would hate this one so this recommendation is <laughs> not for eric um but and it's john probably not for your young your son yet because i don't know that he'd quite be old enough but a board game that I learned a couple years ago that I love. It is like one of my all-time favorites. It's just so much fun. Um, but only if you're a board game nerd, probably. It is called Steampunk Rally. Yeah. So the idea is that all of you play as like different inventors during the industrial age, and you basically are each building like giant steampunk machines to race through the Swiss Alps. It's got like lots I've of dice and it. hogs and stuff. It's yeah. really, really fun. Yeah, I think I saw it on like one of the lists. Like, you know, I was looking at like lists of and like it was yeah. one that got mentioned. There's a game called Azul that's like gotten really popular that my wife bought for Christmas. That's pretty fun. That's like that's very good stuff. Fun. Yeah. And he's like, Eric, like not complicated. Like, yeah, and Eric could handle it, I think. 
Oh. There's Have like there's like three game? versions of that now, Joe. Yeah, yeah. They, I know they've done a couple spin-outs. This is one that I feel like Eric could tolerate and would be kid-friendly. Have you guys played that game? I won't be able to remember the name of it, but I could find it. That's that, but it's very popular, and it's like the board lines, and your pog has to start on the edge of the board, and like whenever a new line appears, you have to go there, and once you pop off the board, you're out. No, no, I don't know. I'll find the name of it. Continue. That sounds made up. (laughs) (laughs) It's like inventing a game on the fly right now. No, it's really fun. It's really popular too. I thought one of you would have played it. Uh, all right. Do you guys ever? Did you guys ever cover the woman from 2012? Just saw it, and damn, uh, and we did. We, we have did. Covered. Uh, best creature slash monster design of the 90s. Oh, the 90s. That's a good one. Um, hmm. This is like a research Tremors. one. I feel like Tremors. Yeah, Tremors is great. Was Tremors 90? It wasn't 80s. The nope, first one. It's 1990. It had to be 90s. That's pretty uh, good. Guys, the game is called Soro, T-S-U-R-O. Okay. I heard and of that's that. a trick question, John. Not made up. Because you know what else came out in the 90s? Tremors 2, Aftershocks. Still good. Oh, January, John, just by the skin of its January 19th, 1990. <laughs> there you go. 19 wow. days into the decade. Yeah. Boy, that uh, was a buried that was a buried re- that was definitely in the time too when a January release meant they didn't know what the hell to do with your movie. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, here's another one. Any pets? If no, who do you blame your farts on? I think you can't blame farts on a cat, right? No. The cats fart. No. Yeah. We already they covered it. They smell other for other reasons. I sometimes. do blame them on the dog. So, uh, <laughs> what should I do with the approximately 345 drawings my kid makes per week? Eventually, have, just uh, trash. When you, you figure this out, trash. can you let me know? We yeah. do. We like take pictures of them. Like if. If it's like something that deserves a picture being taken, and then we throw it away. We do have like we we did this like collage of some of Mia's and like framed them and put them on the wall like their actual artwork. Uh, you know, well, oh, sorry, it, we, we can move on. But like Suzanne bought um these metal racks at like IKEA or something that you can install on the wall, and then you give the kids magnets, and it's basically like they have like a fridge in their room that they can like put shit on. That was actually really nice. And then you just like rotate the shit out of there when they get new shit. So. <laughs> Uh, does it count as my wife shoveling snow if she just takes selfies for Instagram the whole time? Absolutely not. And in fact, you know, if you really care about shoveling snow, you wouldn't be taking pictures. I like the idea of like he's shoveling (laughs) and then the wife comes out all dressed up, takes a picture and goes back inside. Hmm. Seems a little. I would lose my mind if that happened. Just get a snowblower. Like, Joe, I don't not I do not understand why you don't just have a snowblower. I love it. I love the so we got like a foot of snow over the weekend. And work. it took me two hours to shovel and I oh. felt the burn. I got inside. I was like drenched in sweat. It's yeah. like it's better than going to the gym. Yeah, I like shoveling snow as well. I'm no, pro. I have bad shoulders, so no, thank you. It's very like it's the same I'm reward bad. as like uh, you do with it. <laughs> like a fresh mowed lawn. It's it's the same reward when you look outside and your your driveway's clean. Uh, any, uh, wait, I already did that. Uh, better place to live Vegas or Houston. I don't really know anything about Houston, but I could say don't live in Vegas. Mm. I work. I actually, that's not just me and my going there once I work with someone who lived in Vegas for years and has just nightmare stories about it. I was going to say, to be fair, you famously have been to new Orleans once and hate it. So I wouldn't trust (laughs) your view of any city that you've been to one time. (laughs) 
Mondo lives in Vegas. He seems to like it. Yeah. yeah. I think it gets awesome. a bad rap. But Mondo's metal, w- though. He can handle anything. I watch a lot of love after lockup, and there's a few people from Vegas there. So, uh, When can we expect the BGH only fans to open up? I mean, I'm not, I'm not showing my peen on, uh, <laughs> on camera. Well, Joe, I mean, it sounds like the Valentine's Day cameos are basically going to be a BGH yeah. only. Fan. Also, Joe, you don't go right to peen, all right? You got to like tease it out a little bit. You got to. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Joe, we I got to start. Agency. We are. Gonna... Yeah, exactly, John. <laughs> Maybe that John. I, I'll stick with cameo. John will do the OnlyFans. Yeah, we're um, not gonna go full only OnlyFans, but we are selling my bathwater now. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, here's one. Why snow? Um, I mean, just science, right? Like science makes it happen. No, I'm with them. It sucks. Uh, who did it best? Troma versus Full Moon. Troma, I mean, Troma right? Full Troma. Moon. Yeah. Of the two, yeah, if you have to pick, I guess. Yeah. Um, if the grouper were in the thing setting, who would be infected first and who would survive? I don't know, but I get the Wilford Brimley character, right? Mm. Dude was like in his 30s when that <laughs> movie that was made, and he looks 80. No, he was He was in his 30s? 30s. Huh, I, There's no way. Maybe that was Late an exaggeration, teens. but he was he was way younger than you think. I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> Joe, did you say 18? <laughs> Late teens. You just hit puberty, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I my reply to this was: if I was trapped in like a station in the middle of nowhere with with all of you, I would have walked out into the snow and just yeah. <laughs> accepted that's, my fate. Right, just just kidding. He was like he was like fifty year. when that came out, but still, I was gonna say still, still Eric, I would have guessed older. But. Yeah. I don't know if you would learn new rules for this, but Mondo made a the thing board game a couple years ago. That's oh. pretty rad. Yeah, I can't. It's not nothing personal. I just don't. They have a YouTube video to teach you how to play. You it's can't just like just, playing among us. You on can't a board just game. invent a new board game every time. I'm not down with that as a concept that is allowed. But, just, but like you get that Monopoly was a new board game. At yeah, one point, you know what right? is like, awful, and I will never play Monopoly. Yes, yeah, so awful. people need to invent new board games yeah. too. Yeah. Or just don't. <laughs> like, I don't. Let's maybe just leave it at Monopoly. Yahtzee and like Candyland. Let's just move on. Oh god, <laughs> Candyland is fucking <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's just like I feel like I can count on one hand the number of times. I, you know what I like? I don't know. I don't think this is a board game. I like Scrabble. Yeah, it's a board game. It's yeah. a board game. I like Scrabble. Fine. It's Fair. a game that you play on a board. It works so. the mind. Very simple rules. You get one of the newfangled ones, John, that spin around. Then you don't even have to. This is great. Uh, here's one I I don't fully understand. What if it was for puppers? Was there a, fu- was there a first the beer brand in letter Kenny? So I'm assuming it had to do with that. Was there a first oh. question? Um, I, it might've been, I don't remember what I typed in the, you know, send us your questions. So maybe I put something stupid. I don't know. Uh, what fun GameStop memories do you have? Mine was driving in a blizzard to buy world of Warcraft. But I, I, I tell you like I have zero kind of sucked. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure I still have GameStop points on like fucking rando cards. Here's why I liked GameStop. Here's why I like GameStop because there's always one around when I don't want to go into another store with someone else, let's say, and I can just be like, (laughs) I'm going to go stare dead-eyed at video games for like a half an hour. Let me know when you're done. 
That's why I like. Well, they GameStop. always you could always play something too. Like there was always like, no. Yeah, I'm not. That's that's have. filthy. I'm not touching those kiosks, John. That's Thank disgusting. you. Valid I think point. I did do one midnight uh, World of Warcraft release. For even one of the expansions. even pre-pandemic, I'm not touching your sweaty like no public. Eric, control. I feel very close to you right now. <laughs> no, it's you know disgusting. what makes you want to throw up? Those massage chairs <laughs> oh, um, no. in the malls. Like no. all right, obviously that's gross, Joe. I mean, I understand, but like John, you think on, they're like, wiping you, down that GameStop fucking? GameCube controller that like 40 kids had played on that day? Yeah. No. Not but you have kids, to touch like so many other things kids. when you're shopping. Like, like yeah. the keypad that you have to touch with elbows. to pay. Elbows. And you I have a little punch. Code with your no, actually, I have He's a little thing. Little I have a little thing on my key. <laughs> I have a little thing on my keychain that's made for like pushing buttons now. Oh my God, you are a fucking John's birthday. Hi, John. Joe's it's a birthday. pandemic. Can you, like, are you familiar? To a hotel or a mall massage chair and make him oh. eat someone else's ice cream cone. <laughs> so disgusting, Sophie. That you just described like my Hellraiser version of hell right there. Mm. <laughs> All right. Last but not least, um, I mean, GameStop is like literally one step above Radio Shack as far as no, like yeah, it's right? like, like well, yeah, you know what it is. That, that's why it was going out of business. Like, but it's like, but it's like the blockbuster equivalent. It's like a anesthetized version of a once really cool thing like video game stores are cool but it's just like this is just you made it to yeah. corporate or something uh all right so last but not least ju- so just how porny is too porny for an instagram feed joe i don't know i mean you know whatever makes you happy yeah i yeah. what i didn't know is like is he talking about his feed or someone else's that he's mm-hmm. watching <laughs> is that right is someone checking who you follow is that what the concern is here yeah, yeah that's i assume that's what the question was hold on like so i haven't been on instagram in a minute like no you can't have nips is there, no is there nips. nudity there's no nudity right? you, i mean i think you could uh, right? you can get around it you gotta like cover nipples and stuff right but I think you can like send directly to like a certain group of people and probably show whatever yeah, the hell you like want. John, post some, sure. your, post, no some your, uh, post some of your post some of your post some of your banana suit pictures and see if they get flagged. Yeah, they don't right. have a lot of rules about butts. I will tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> nope. The only way to live. I I really appreciate a good butt. Don't care about gender. Doesn't matter at all. Just like a nice butt. And I have a friend in LA who always sends me pictures of butts from Instagram so much that now his discover page on Instagram is like 85% butts. That's my fear. Like, that's what I'd be terrified of. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's it for questions. I think we're done here. Love it. Uh, yeah, we don't know what we're doing the, the next couple weeks, but we're looking for some more women in horror picks. So I guess send us your recommendations. If we got, we'll, we'll do old school or new school, whatever you got. Um, info at bloodygoodhorror.com is the email address. Don't forget, we are on patreon.com slash bloodygoodhorror. Uh, you can get a live stream of the show. You can get access to Slack. And don't forget, everything in our store for the month of February proceeds are going to rain um, a really great uh, organization um working to help victims of sexual violence so obviously a very important cause anything go to t-shirts uh or shirts.bloodygoodhorror.com take you right to the store you can buy anything but we also have that new design in there uh sophie thank you for joining us how do people again get to tweet with bgh you can follow at bgh new class live on twitter love it so that's coming up too all right guys that'll do it hope you enjoyed the show we'll talk to you soon See you.
Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>